This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Texas Soccer Radio. Uh, my name is Kyle Wakey, his name is Larry Weathers. We're into World Cup 2018 officially. Only one match in the book so far, but you know, party's already started. Here we are. Larry, how you doing, man? How's uh, your Thursday night treating you? It's good. It's good. It's my Friday night, actually. So, um, yeah, I'm not there you go. Not looking to going back to work tomorrow. I'd rather be at home watching World Cup games. Well, that's my plan. Uh, going to try and catch the early game, and then I have to miss the mid game, which I think is Morocco and Iran. Um, and then I'm hoping to be at the SAFC watch party for at least the first half uh, for Spain-Portugal. But we'll kind of see how that plays out. But... Did you get to uh, check out the game this morning with uh, Russia and Saudi Arabia? The bloodbath, the 5-0 <laughs> stomping by Russia with Saudi Arabia, who didn't show up to play at all. Yeah, not exactly beautiful soccer there, um, but at least they got to go, which is more than the U.S. can say. I mean, point. Russia needed to come out swinging if they're going to have a chance of advancing out of the group. So, yeah, that that's what they needed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, the goal differential alone may save them and, and help them advance at this point. It's true. It's true. That may be the difference. I think Uruguay is going to be the top seed in there, but that goal differential, if they can keep from getting slaughtered in any of their other games, they may sneak in there with that two seed, uh, depending on what happens with Egypt. But um, as always, though, very, very thankful to be part of the beautiful game network, um, bgn.fm you can check out our bgn website if you go to texassoccerradio.com that's going to be our bgn website uh, and thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves uh, providing high high quality scarves uh, for usl mls and uh, national team scarves so i've actually got one of those to bring to the sacramento game tomorrow for our winner from Wonderful. our contest a couple weeks ago so um, yeah, I've got a couple of those sitting around here, <laughs> a couple of roughneck scarves. So thanks to them for uh, the support. Thanks to BGM for the support. And thank you to you for listening, um, for, for supporting us with the clicks and the downloads and uh, yelling at us on Twitter from time to time. That's always nice. So we have a little survey going up right now at TX Soccer Radio on Twitter. It's a survey monkey link. Uh, you can let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, uh, any feedback that you want without leaving your name or information or anything like that. It's uh, anonymous as far as I can tell. Um, so I, I can't guarantee we're going to change anything, but uh, you know, if it's, we're always going to make the show that we want to make and it's always going to be a mix of fun and uh, kind of insider analysis if you want. But um you know, if we can tweak a couple things here and there to make it more enjoyable for everybody, that's what we're going to do. So uh, check that out. We'll pin it to the top of our Twitter feed here in a little bit if we haven't already. But anyway, that's that's my plugs for now. So we don't have an SAFC game to recap this week. They nope. had the week off. 10-day break. We should be fresh legs for the game this weekend. You'd hope, right? Um, but we know for sure there's going to be at least one pair of fresh legs available in newcomer Charlie Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been saying for a couple of weeks, don't be surprised if SAFC goes out and signs somebody in the middle of the season here. And uh, here he is. So uh, obviously we haven't seen him play for San Antonio yet. We've seen him play the last two seasons at RGV. Uh, what do you think about this signing and is it something that you're excited about or just kind of depth or, or what are you feeling about Charlie Ward? I think he's going to get the chance to compete for a starting position, but I just, I still don't know where he's going to fit. We've got a, we've, we've talked about this the whole season. We've got some crowded positioning on the field. It may open some more doors for him that we're playing a three, four, three now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still going to be a fight to get him on the field. I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough, but I I feel like knowing the level that he's played at before where he earned that Houston Dynamo contract, um, I think he's going to be someone that's really competing for some of those central midfield spots in particular. 
Um, I could definitely see like him and Mikey Lopez lining up together or him and Pekka or, uh, you know, Mikey and Pekka kind of rotate between those three in the, the central mid. Um, or, I, you def- know, yeah, I think you hit it right there with the, the Charlie and, and Mikey pairing. I think that'll yeah. probably be what we start seeing here with Pekka rotating in as needed for rest. The other thing we've seen Mikey do is play on the outside. So there's always a chance that, you know, he could rotate with, uh, well, if Omar's playing all the way up top, then Mikey can play on the wing right there and you fit all three of them. Um, so there's a lot of ways that he could fit into the formation. Uh, we'll just see how quickly he picks up the, the strategy and everything. But Now, um, let me ask you a question while we're talking about signings really quick. Do you know, yeah. is, there a, is there a cutoff date for when we can sign players and when that date is? There is, and it's really late in the season. Okay. Um, I can't remember it off the top of my head. It's in the USL guidelines, but um, there's a roster lock date. I believe it's around one month left in the regular season-ish. Okay, so it's, we, we've got time. I, yeah. I'm still expecting to see maybe one more signing, somebody probably up front as a goal scorer. Yeah, you'd hope, I right? I, I would hope. I don't know who we've got, you know, potentially out here trying out for things but i was expecting that to happen before what we got here yeah that's that's true i mean we have a lot of guys that are uh up front <laughs> sam says uh pekka over mikey lopez all day long that's that's a tough call man i'd like to have them both on the field but he also says you have to play five usl games to be playoff eligible yeah so yeah that's the other thing um but yeah, it, they've still got some time. Yeah, plenty of time here. The date's yeah. super late. I could look that up in a second, but I know it would take me too long for <laughs> for not Paris, worth it today. But, um, yeah, we've there's a lot of time for USL teams to sign players still. But perfect. Um, the the question is kind of just who's out there at this point. Um, I especially with the World Cup going on, a lot of those top level players are getting called away, and you've got leagues like USL and MLS and some of the other leagues around the world. I guess there's not too many around the world that are playing in summer, but point being, you've got some call-ups that are making the lower level players get bumped up to the senior team and, you know, kind of, kind of messing everything up a little bit. So, right. um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm excited about Ward though. I think, uh, our, our friend Carson Mark, Carson Merck, um, wrote a piece for calledoffside.com uh, where he nicknamed him Clockwork Charlie for just how consistent and, uh, you know, he, he shows up all the time and um, is a very good passer with a lot of good knowledge and uh, high soccer IQ, it sounds like. So you put somebody like that in the central midfield and they can find some of those players that are getting left out because that has absolutely been an issue in the last couple games where, um, you know, Escalante or Guadarrama or Elizondo or whoever it may be is open and, uh, you know, whoever has the ball just doesn't see him or can't get it to him. So I think it could be game changing, even though it's not someone right there in the final third. I mean, we've definitely got shot takers up there, but we got getting the ball to them has been the problem so far. So we'll see. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see if he actually gets the, some playing time this weekend. Yeah. I mean, it was a good chance because uh, Darnell King is going to miss this one. Uh, he is yeah. suspended for one match due to yellow card accumulation. So we're going to see a little bit of a shift there from what we would have expected, um, which brings us to one of our Twitter questions. I want to make sure that we call out uh, Aaron Reed asked with King out, will we still see a three back set and who gets the start in his spot? I'm betting it'll be Sip, uh, Cyprian Hedrick as he's played that position this season but could also be Mike Seth or even Chris Christian. Um, so who do you expect to fill if they're in that three back set, like we've been seeing that three, four, three set, uh, who would you guess is back there playing that defender role? Well, I still think we're going to be in the three, four, three. I mean, that's been working for us. I don't see a way to, a reason to shift away from that, even with Sacramento coming to town. Um, I, I, it's definitely not going to be Cyprian Hedrick. That's that's yeah. I think that's a given right there. Um, Seth could do it. So could Christian. I'd probably lean Christian over the two of them. But Seth has been shifting around from game to game now, all over the field. So he's definitely another option, and he's got experience back there at that position. Um, I'm going to go Christian. Yeah, that's my call right now. Is Christian? 
if he's healthy, I'm going to go Stephen McCarthy. Um, just because the way that that back line has been working in defense is you're usually having a winger drop back to fill out into almost like a four back. Um, so I think Stephen McCarthy would be pretty solid there if he's healthy. Of course, the if he's healthy part, if he's healthy part is the question. Um, if he's not, God, um, I I may shake it up and not even go a center back. I guess maybe Ryan Rashindle, but I may even look at putting like Maxi Rodriguez or um, you know one of the more defensive-minded midfielders, I would say. Uh, maybe even Pekka. I, I don't know. I I almost look at that as not even a position-specific spot for one game. Uh, I would just put whoever the best defender is back there, and I'm not sure that that's any of the center backs not named Ryan Felix or Stephen McCarthy. So... We'll see. And I don't mean to tear down the entire center back core with that comment, but um, I think there's a reason that you're seeing a center back and two fullbacks play that role as opposed to three center backs or two CBs and a a fullback. So I think the goal is to get the best defenders on the field. And so I don't think it's going to be Cyprian Hedrick or Chris Christian personally, but we'll see. It's going to be an interesting weekend lineup wise. Yeah. Yeah, and what shitty timing with uh, Sacramento being, oh, man, I cursed. (laughs) We made it the whole episode last week without cursing. What a crappy timing for it to be with uh, Sacramento coming to town because that's a tough team. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sacramento is a difficult team. They're sitting at number three in the West right now. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We played them to start our season this year, and it was a 2-1 loss in Sacramento. Yeah. I'm not sure which way I think it's going to go this time either. (laughs) Uh, They're a dangerous team. They really are. They seem to eke by with one goal, you know, two, one, lots of two, one wins, lots of one Oh wins. Nothing too big and, you know, blowing people out or anything crazy like that. They just seem to lean on their defense, keep the, you know, keep one or no goals on the board and get one or two of their own to pull off the win. Um, by far, you know, we've got to watch Cameron Owasa. He's their most dangerous player. Always. <laughs> Cameron Owasa and Villian Bijev, I think is how you say his name. Those two guys, man, they've all taken, both taken over 30 shots a game, or 30 shots over the season. Um, they're their two leading goal scorers, but Owasa's the one to watch in the front line. Yeah, I think I saw in their last match they had 16 shots on goal or shots not shots on goal shots um and they've got Villarreal still uh Jaime Villarreal I think is how you pronounce his first name I don't have the sheet in front of me um but yeah I just looking at their squad I don't know man BJ and Owasa came off the bench last week um but I think they were playing on short rest because of the open cup um yeah they they've got a lot of dangerous attacking players this year they (laughs) they were built to make the playoffs this year 100 percent, and uh that's gonna be challenging especially without darnell king or with a modified starting 11 so i don't know man i i'm still going back and forth on what my score prediction is gonna be but it's hard to be super optimistic (laughs) I mean, I think our defense is versatile enough to hold them to one goal or no goal. I could definitely see this being a 1-1 draw at the end of the day. Yeah. I. That feels like the safe bet, right? 1-1 like, <laughs> seems like, you know. I'm going to be great. I'm going to get crazy here and say 2-1 San Antonio. I, I think... I expected them to drop points against Portland and we saw what happened. Yep. Um, and, you know, crazy things happen. They're coming off 10 days rest. They are coming off a loss in the open cup to FC Dallas. That shouldn't have been a loss. I'm still really salty about that. Uh, I'm sure they are too. We're so. a drastically different team at this point than what we saw week one of the season. You know, we're playing the three, four, three. Now the team seems to be meshing a lot better together 
I think we're going to give Sacramento a run for their money. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm thinking it's probably going to be a draw. Yeah. I, I look back at that first match. It was the opening match of the season, and we were playing Ryan Rochendel as the attacking midfielder, as the 10. Um, <laughs> it was a very, very different formation, very different starting 11. Um, and that's not to take away from, from Ryan at all. He's a very skilled footballer, but um, you know, that's not your ideal 11 by any means. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that they have a better shot this week than they did in week one. Uh, it just sucks that King's going to be missing because I think if you had King in there, it's a guaranteed three points. And now there's just a little question just because one of your best players is going to be missing. It's, it's tough. Yeah, King is, King's a deal break. King makes it tough here to make a decision. But, yeah, I'm sticking to it. 1-1 one, one draw. So Royce gets into a little soccer theory here. It's a Sac Republic normally plays counterattacking 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 when playing lesser opponents. I'm pretty sure they'll be in the counterattacking 4-4-2. So do you think this helps or hurts SAFC in their 3-4-3? I would say the counterattacking formation of any kind is going to be better for SAFC because it gives them a little bit of time to get back. Um, if Sacramento's holding back and, and they're keeping more players on their defensive side of the field, that takes the pressure off of that three-man back line. Um, where we've seen teams um, really challenge San Antonio in this formation is when they overload the box and when they have you know four or five guys going against you know when when you have the better numbers the advantage is yours right there's nothing you can do about that so um we'll we'll see i think the better uh scenario for sacramento is to run a high press or for any team is to run a high press against uh, a three four three but um not all teams can do that especially at this level and if you're doing that then you're leaving yourself exposed to gordon Guadarrama, Elizondo, Presley, Bruce, whoever's up there uh, at their top of the box. So, yeah, we'll see. I think counterattacking actually benefits San Antonio personally, but uh, I am still going through classing for <laughs> getting my coach's license, uh, and I am not someone who has uh, three decades, four decades of experience. So it's just my, my thought. We'll see. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think the counterattack's better for us. Uh, the press has definitely been where we've had problems this season. And, you know, it's, I know it's warm in Sacramento, but it's not Texas warm in Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're coming down here. It's going to be in the heat. Keeping up the press for the whole game would be very difficult for most teams. It'd be difficult for us to keep the press on for, for a whole game at this point in the heat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the counterattack benefits us. We've got a versatile enough backline, and we shift around well enough to accommodate whatever's happening on the field. I don't see it hurting us at all. I was reading Indomitable City Soccer's recap of the Sacramento uh, reverse fixture against uh, Fresno, and um, they mentioned that it was 99 degrees, I think, okay, in maybe. Fresno that night. And, uh, and they said that it looked like it was 99 degrees, a lot of heavy legs and a lot of, um, you know, durability issues, uh, playing in that kind of heat. Um, we'll see what it's like Saturday night. I know there's a lot of rain forecast coming up. Um, so we'll see, (laughs) see what the heat is, see what the humidity is, see what the field conditions are like, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, It'll be interesting. I don't think it's a layup for Sacramento by any means. I think this is going to be a very competitive match, and uh, I look forward to seeing it. Well, right now, we've only got a 20% chance of rain, and it's supposed to be 91, so this may not be that bad of a game. (laughs) Only 91. Only 91. Um, finishing up the Twitter questions here that we've got. Uh, and if you have, if you're watching on Periscope and you have anything you want to talk about, let us know. We'll get in there with it. Um, but Michael says, just waiting for Guzman to get fit again and, uh, leaves a funny little Titanic gift there. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We're missing ever Guzman for sure. Hopefully he gets healthy soon and, and can contribute up there. I'm sure he would love to be able to play in that four, three, three, or, uh, three, four, three formation and be able to stay up there and score goals all day so 
hopefully he gets healthy soon. Uh, it looked like Connor Presley was on the mend. Um, he came on in Dallas, right? Or against mm-hmm. Dallas, rather. Yeah, he so came on towards the end. Hopefully we're, we're getting clear of some of these injuries. Um, then Maximiliano says, do you think we will one day walk into an HEB and see SAFC merch? We drove to the other side of town today to check out Soccer Factory. Also, I forgot just how freaking huge San Antonio is. Um, yeah, it is very large. <laughs> and I really wish that there was uh, some sort of commuter train. But Texas. Um, so I, do we think we'll ever walk into AGB and see SAFC merch? Um, no. Yeah. It's a solid no unless we're an MLS team. I mean, you don't, you don't go to HEB and see Rampage gear. You see a little bit of missions maybe every now and then, but overall you're not seeing a whole lot of, you know, minor league sport yeah. merchandise sitting in an in HEB anywhere. I mean, the problem is at that point, you're not just competing against Spurs. You're competing against A&M and Longhorns and uh, Houston Astros and uh, Texas Rangers, like all of the sports. UTSA. UTSA, yeah. Can hardly find that sometimes in some HEBs. And even the high schools, like I've seen them carry some high school stuff Mm -hmm. too. So um I, I think it would be cool, but I think it would come down to the Spurs kind of flexing their sponsorship agreement with HEB because, um, you know, they sponsor at Toyota Field and at the AT&T Center. And so I think it would have to come down to the Spurs being like, hey, we want some merch in the stores. Um, the other thing is, I don't know that I don't know that SS&E sells any SAFC gear directly. It's all through Soccer Factory as far as I know. Soccer Factory. So maybe that's part of their deal is that's the exclusive place to get SAFC gear. Um, I mean, we can't even get the SAFC gear we have right now, right? So until we get some better t-shirt designs and some decent hats, why are we going to start putting it in HEVs? That's fair. I think they've been stepping it up with some of their stuff. I, uh, A little I like bit. One of the great t-shirts that's out, but, and I love the kit, uh, but uh, the t-shirts and the tanks and everything are a little, a little The wet. kit's fire. Like the kit is fire. Yeah. They don't have any tanks right now. That's the other thing. Like, really? I have, I, we've been looking the last few weeks, even, even the wife has wanted one. And every time we walk up to the soccer factory booth at the games, there's nothing there. <laughs> That sucks. Yeah, I've got one of the ones that just had SAFC across the chest, like the gray ones from 2016. First season. That's They sold those the first season, and I think maybe into the second a little bit, and then they disappeared, yeah. and now we don't have anything. I think I got it for like 10 bucks, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I think I got it on sale even. Um, anyway, to, to get back to that question, um, I think that's what it boils down to is that they run all their merch through the soccer factory. So as long as that deal's going on, I don't see it happening. Um, I wonder what the rampage deal is with their jerseys. If, cause they're going to be affiliated with St. Louis going forward. I wonder if St. Louis handles all of the jerseys and everything. Cause I know soccer factory, or I think soccer factory handles all of the jerseys for SAFC, like the game jerseys. I don't um, know. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that would work. But anyway, yeah. And you can't get SAFC gear at AT&T Center even, right? I haven't seen that. We went to a Rampage game a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago now. Holy crap. But anyway, I talked about that for like four minutes too long. Sorry, I'm rambling. Um, and I think that's everything from Twitter that I see. At least that was directed to us. <laughs> Plenty to talk about from Twitter from this week, though, if we wanted to get into that. But we'll, we'll hold on oh. for now. <laughs> um, dark hole to go down right there into yeah. Twitter. Speaking of dark holes, that's where we're going tonight. Um, We've gone a long time without really talking about MLS expansion because there hasn't been that much to talk about um, in any market. Um, This episode, let me scroll through our list here. Other than talking about the World Cup a little bit, (laughs) a little later, pretty much the rest of the episode is going to focus on MLS expansion and relocation. So... 
If you're not into that, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to training tomorrow and uh, we'll see if we can throw up a bonus episode of the podcast in a day or two with some player interviews. Maybe, maybe we'll drop that Saturday morning. We'll see. But um, so let's get into it. Are you ready for this? You have enough beverage to get us through this, Larry? Yeah, I got enough to get through it. I planned ahead tonight. Mm. After I saw the, the rundown you made for tonight, I was like, yeah. oh, yep, it's going to be one of those days. It's just not. So we used to have these kind of nights a lot. Where, um, just it would all kind of pile on in one night. And that's sort of what it feels like tonight for me, where um, it, let's just get into it instead of dancing around it. So um, the first thing isn't necessarily a, a negative, but the Austin City Council had their work meeting on Tuesday, and um, the once again, the soccer topic ended up being at the very end, uh, or just about the end. Um, there was a lot of discussion before that about Code Next, which is um, a, a much broader topic, and one that's really taking up City Council's focus, rightfully so, because it, it's even more impactful than soccer. But it got delayed so much that they didn't even accept any speakers for the soccer issue um, other than the firm that was contracted by the city to um, check out the the PSV proposal. So um, what were your thoughts just in general? We can dive in a little bit deeper here in a second. But what were your thoughts coming out of that work session i know you and i both watched it and, we did um, shout, out, shout out to them for ending at like six o'clock instead of the normal midnight for a regular <laughs> city council meeting they all they all dipped like they were, every one of them was like uh, i have to be gone in an hour or so um but yeah what what kind of stood out to you most to to start out with you know this this whole meeting just did not seem to be going well for PSV at all. Um, there was lots and lots of talk from Kathy Tovo and Leslie Poole and, and a few others about whether McCallow was, if this was the best, the best move for the McCallow site and for the city. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's difficult. They've still got a lot of other proposals on the, on the, the board too. Um, Leslie Poole did bring up that she was going to be, Submitting a proposal for the June 28th meeting um, where she was going to be proposing that they accept other proposals for the McCalla use site. There are two other proposals that are out there right now, um, both money-wise significantly better than uh, what PSV is offering with their dollar rent. Yeah. Um, one of them in one of them is asking for you know i think it was 26 million dollars up front to the city to buy McCallis straight up or an 80 year lease at a few million a year oh, with a one and a half percent escalation every year for inflation something million yeah. total 300 million over the next 80 years yeah it's it's a lot of money there's some big competing competing bids out there for mixed use areas um, that would either be focused on affordable housing and the arts and you know things like that. So it's, it's tough. I did not think this meeting went well for them at all. It, it, it didn't sound great from my end. That was kind of my takeaway too, was that um, even some of the council members who were most positive in the past and continue to, to be optimistic about everything, um, even they weren't ready to put their name to paper on this um they uh kathy tovo in particular uh and several of the council members said that uh it was it needed further detail psv's proposal needed more detail and it wasn't enough to make a decision on one way or the other um that there were other other members brought up issues with um the the tax that the club would be paying um, they want local vendors. They want a livable wage to be paid to workers, which that's the biggest deal breaker <laughs> to me, which like, I'm all for that. Don't get me wrong. I want everyone to be able to afford uh, to be comfortable. But a lot of these stadiums provide minimum wage or, you know, server type uh, wages for uh, the, you know, the beer guy that's walking the aisles or the concessions folks or, 
you know, different roles around the stadium and paying a living wage, whatever that ends up being defined in Austin, Texas, I would think that would be $15 plus an hour. Um, so I, there's a lot of details here that I think it's, it doesn't derail the bid in my opinion. It doesn't like, I still think that there's a good chance of it happening. Um, but I don't know when it's going to happen. And I don't know what this does for the 2019 timeline because it could be that PSV ends up moving crew to a temporary stadium in Austin without a permanent stadium in place. Um, I, I think that would be a really interesting scenario to where PSV gets people hooked on this team for a year or two and then the onus is on city council of, well, we're not taking the team away. It's the city council that won't give us the tax breaks or won't, you know, give us X, Y, or Z. So there's a lot of up in the air, a lot more up in the air than I thought there would be after that work session. Insufficient information was thrown around as yeah. a term quite a bit during this whole, whole thing. Yeah. Um, there was also a lot of, t- there was talk about the, what do you think about the, the whole funding for the stadium situation? Um, PSV has obviously, you know, said that they were going to pay for 100% of the stadium, but then it was brought out that they were going to be using government funding. Yeah, state tax credit, right? Paying for uh, some of the stadium here. Yeah. Um, I mean, business people are always going to do what they can to make the most profit, right? Like, that's that's not exclusive to PSV or to soccer or to sports. Um, So I think it's a little disingenuous to position it as we're paying $200 million in cash to build this, but I don't think they ever explicitly said that. I think they said that the city wouldn't um, be paying for it. Maybe they phrased it as no, no public funds, in which case then that's a little disingenuous, but um, it, it's all in the semantics and the phrasing, right? So uh, I, I came away from this work session and, and in the day or two after just kind of scratching my head on how PSV had so much time. Like yeah. from October, if you want to go from when it was announced or even before that, if you want to go by some other stuff that's come out recently that we'll talk about. Um, PSV has had so much time to put this together that I can't believe their proposal had dozens of pages of pictures of screen caps of, of TV shows and of news clips, screen caps of news yeah. clips. And that doesn't do anything for city council. That does a lot for fans that are reading it. Um, I, I have a hard time blaming city council on this, honestly, which is a weird thing for me. I'm usually gung-ho about, you know, bring the sports to town. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm, well, pro- props great. to the city council for not rolling over and, you know, not being pushed around with the timeline that PSV wants. Um, they're very clearly putting their foot down that they want more information before they make any sort of decision, even if that severely impacts PSV's proposed timeline at this point, which I think that timeline's completely screwed. Like, I don't see a way that they're here for the 2019 season with all the questions that were raised the other day in that work session, um, which I think makes it tough for them to come when they don't have a, some sort of stadium deal in place for a permanent home. I know you mentioned, you know, it'd be interesting if they came to Austin and then just, you know, got the team, city hooked on the team and put it on city council. But I don't, I don't think you can afford to do that money wise. <laughs> I think PSV has got to be sitting there scrambling to come up with alternative options here because Austin may not work for this timeline that they've backed themselves into a corner with. Well, you're not just relocating the players. You're also relocating the front office staff and hiring grounds people. Even if it's a temporary venue, you're going to have to maintain it. Um, you're, you're uprooting a lot of lives for something that may not be permanent if they can't get a permanent deal done before 2019. Um, we saw SS&E build... SAFC in like six weeks <laughs> before the 2016 season. Um, 
and while Columbus has, while the crew rather have players um, and staff, you still have to figure out how to migrate all of that a thousand miles south. And um, that's going to be tough and it's going to be expensive uh, financially and emotionally. (laughs) Like I, I can't imagine moving my family across the country. I guess that's part of sports, but moving my family across the country and then having to move again, in 2020 or, or, you know, if this didn't work out. So one of the most damning things that came out of it, one of the most powerful statements I thought was from, I believe it was council member pool. Um, it was either pool or alter that said that she believes, um, MLS will come to Austin and this is not the only opportunity to get MLS to Austin. And, and I agree with her right now, honestly, is, um, the league wants that city bad enough to where I think it's going to turn into Miami or San Diego where they're holding out for something to happen and PSV will be the one left in the dark for that. But just kind of an interesting take to, to be on the record with in that work session. Hello, Bobby Epstein in the USL turned into an yeah. MLS team. Well, yeah. And we can't not mention that I've tried hand to God. I've tried to, um do this legitimately uh, but uh they are the usl austin group doesn't have a uh media contact yet despite announcing their franchise several months ago and i'm about to vent on the internet and i shouldn't do that but um long story short they have not made any effort to get in contact with any media other than the uh austin american statesman which they're a great paper i love what they do but um, you know, so because of that, I can recuse because of that, I can say whatever the fuck I want and um can just say that they couldn't be reached for comment. So um the running theory here is that uh the USL side is what's bank banking all of these uh studies, these anti-MLS studies and these pro-affordable housing at McCalla Place studies. Um, and it was, uh, oh my God, I can't remember her name. Susan Spataro, Spataro. Yeah. Um, who has ties to Cirque the Americas, which is where the USL team is. Um, it's not like they went out of their way to hide this too much. So I would love to chat with them. If anyone hears this, they are more than welcome to come on here and tell me I am wrong, <laughs> but, um, they've, they've managed to close themselves off as a USL franchise. So had more contact with El Paso than I have Austin. And that's weird. Um, so yeah, that's, that's another part of it. Um, the next thing on our list was that um, the Columbus, God, down the hole we go here. Uh, Columbus dispatch um, headline here, major league soccer made Austin inquiries in September, 2016 email show. Um, and you can read this whole article, uh, dispatch.com, but the gist of it is that MLS and Mayor Adler and other Austin officials have been in contact, um, since 2016, since before the call for those expansion bids was put in, in January, 2017. So before SS&E even put in their bid, MLS had already contacted Austin. I mean, is that really any surprise with the Austin clause sitting there hiding in pre-courts contract with the league? Like, this this isn't a surprise. You knew they were working on things behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, they've made it pretty clear that they've been working on Austin for a while here, no matter when they say they started. Um, yeah, no, they're just – they're doing MLS things. Garber's going to Garber. I don't even blame them for trying to get Austin. It's a great market. Um, I don't blame them one bit. But my biggest problem here is the expansion process. And the 12 cities need to submit these bids. And you've got uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies flying theirs in in private helicopter. And you've got 12 different markets across the country putting in these bids when none of it matters like none of it matters mls is just going to go wherever they want and what big soccer uh 
community, <laughs> local soccer community did Nashville have that got them an MLS team? Uh, Cincinnati obviously was selling out a huge stadium and, and that's always going to help. I don't blame right. that at all, but um, it, it's, it's just such a sham, man. And I don't know. I feel like people need to stop using the term earn MLS or we deserve it or anything because it's all bullshit and MLS is just going to go wherever they want to go. Um, I just wish they wouldn't string fans along and, and have this whole wake of fallout behind them of people angry that they picked, you know, Detroit to be a finalist when, you know, all the Sacramento and San Antonio and Tampa, all these other cities are, it, it's frustrating and I don't really know how to feel about it. <laughs> you basically just sit here and feel lucky if you get picked and don't feel lucky if you don't. <laughs> I don't even know if you're lucky if you get picked at this point with the way they've can, you know, they've acted with themselves and everything and they've shown themselves through this whole process uh, between Austin and the expansion stuff. It's, it's ugly. It's ugly. Yeah. And do I think we can support an MLS team here in San Antonio? Yes. Do I think Austin can support an MLS team? Yes. Do I think Austin's the better market of the two for this? No. But yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if this is what we want. I, I'm torn. I'm very, very torn about having MLS in San Antonio at this point. Obviously, I'd love us love for us to have another major league team here in the city, um, and not just be a city of minor league teams in the Spurs. Um, but if we don't get it, I'm not going to be that upset because I feel like we've got a great place here in the USL. Yeah, I, I comparing Austin and San Antonio, I feel like they're pretty similar as far as markets, um, MLS markets. I don't feel like one jumps out way ahead than the other to me, um, other than San Antonio's, uh, you know, I want to say that they've had a better track record with teams, but if SAFC wouldn't have stepped up, the Scorpions were on their way out. Like yeah. that was not a profitable business. It was giving all of its profits away to another company um, which obviously it was a great cause, but if you take the cause out of it, it's a really terrible way to run a organization. <laughs> like, I, I, what do you do with that? Like, that's not building your team for the future and keeping them secure. Um, so the Scorpions, if you look at after they won the championship, 2015 was terrible. And all the reports from that were that they were cutting costs everywhere they could. Um, mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and then, SAFC, the timing worked out really well to where Spurs are ready to come in. Um, so I don't, I really don't like the argument of, well, Austin had the Aztecs and they folded. Oh, yeah. And San Antonio had the Scorpions and they folded. Yeah. Um, I, it wasn't this peaceful passing of the torch that everyone made it out to be. Um, but the, the bigger point that you hit on is that USL is a really good league. And I'm frustrated because I want to see, um, you know, David Villa and I want to see Carlos Vela and, and Zlatan and all these guys come through San Antonio or Austin or somewhere that I can freaking drive to. Um, and I don't want MLS to be the reason that they're there. Right. Um, the organization is just such a joke. Like it, it's FIFA light. It's, allowed to get away with all this corruption because not enough people have been paying attention to it. And like, could you imagine if the NFL did some of the stuff that MLS does or MLB or NHL, like any of the other leagues in North America where they are collecting, you know, just. I think the NFL does do some of this stuff. That's yeah. the funny thing with, with <laughs> Vegas and the Rams and everything like this is there's some stuff going on there in that business that's super shady and that's another deep dark hole that I'm not going down tonight um yeah I, I just don't necessarily think you see that so much in NHL and you know MLB and stuff like that but yeah no there's I think this whole crew situation is definitely bringing a lot of this corruption to light and that's going to get a lot more eyes and attention on it and they may not be able to get away with a lot of this stuff for very long into the future if they keep it up here I mean, I think Columbus is losing their MLS team no matter what. 
mm-hmm. um, whether it's to Austin or Sacramento or whatever. Um, I'm just frustrated, man. Like I want to support that league and I want to support the top division in America, but they make it so hard. <laughs> um, Anyway, I, I've ranted enough on that. Sorry. Well, it's um, interesting you brought up Sacramento as an option here yeah. because that was another thing on our list. Um, Sacramento is still seeking investors for the team yeah. actively at this point. Still having communications with Garber and MLS about their potential expansion bid or you know, expansion bid here. As, and even going as far as saying that they will secure an investor no matter what. Um, but please do not throw them back into the pool of, of applicants again, hold their expansion spot and, and, and get it done that way. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's messy. That's another messy situation. Um, and that ties into pre-court as well, because there is a growing push out there in social media and such that pre-court may be using Sacramento as a backup plan possibly. Well, the Sacramento Bee reported that um, they think that the uh, third option for Sacramento, as far as investors go, is Anthony Precourt and moving the crew to Sacramento. Um, I said that I didn't think that would happen. I still think it's pretty unlikely, but it's interesting that the Sacramento Bee is saying it because they are pretty reputable and they have ties to that team. Uh, are not ties, but they, they're well informed with that team. Um, that the ESPN was analysts have been saying it too. Like, that's the yeah. thing. It's, yeah, it's was bigger it than just said it, I think. I believe you're right. Yeah, it's bigger than just the Sacramento Bee talking about it. Like, there's, there's some stuff going on out there. This may be a thing. And if the Austin bid continues to flounder in city council, like I feel like it did in that work session the other day, um, there may be some more serious talks coming here in the near future between pre-court and Sacramento behind the scenes to yeah. take the crew up, up into California. I just don't think the league wants to be in Sacramento and I don't think he wants to be in Sacramento. I know he's from California, but um, I think if MLS wanted Sacramento, it would have been done years ago. Um, and here we are in 2018 and it's still not even on the horizon. If anything, it's getting further away. So I think pre-court is Sacramento's best shot at getting MLS. Um, I don't know that MLS or pre-court want to be in Sacramento though, but if they may not have a choice, the only choice. Yeah, there you go. Like uh, Columbus, Columbus is clearly losing their team. Like you said before, if Austin falls apart, then yeah. yeah. I do think that PR wise, that would be the best way to end this saga (laughs) like i think pr wise if you have um pre-court going to sacramento and and that team finally getting a a mls side and i think that's what's gonna win you back some favor in the soccer community (laughs) but um i i don't i have a really hard time seeing that happen i know it's it's another good situation to watch out there in sacramento and what goes down with psv here in the near future um it's really hard for san antonio too. just to throw this in here really quick it's hard because we've said it before the longer austin and psv and everything is up in the air that's longer that they can't do much with their bid and at this point it's almost i would think better to submit a second bid um saying look we can support a team even if there's a team in austin um which i do think is possible with the right stadium site uh, it ain't going to be Toyota Field, but uh, I, I do think it's possible. Um, and, you know, you, you got to kind of go down parallel paths there to throw that phrase back out there of either they're the only team in Central Texas or they're one of two. And worst case scenario, though, for fans, I think, is to get neither. Like, that would that would be a tough pill. I think to not have top tier soccer represented in central South central Texas. We're too big of a state to not have a team here in in South central Texas. We need it. Um, The next big date we should hear for expansion news is August 1st. Um, August 1st is the next meeting amongst ownership um, in Atlanta with MLS ownership. 
and that's when they have already said they're going to be discussing the next round of expansion. So yeah. August 1st, we'll start hearing a little bit more. Um, that whatever, based on whatever happens the rest of the month with the two city council meetings in Austin, August will also be where we hear, hear the next big things with that as well. So they've got their six week break coming up after the 28th meeting in Austin um, carries into mid August and then they'll be back in session. So August could be a busy month expansion wise and Austin wise for us. To wrap things up with Austin, um, we won't know anything else until they have one more work session and one more council session, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for the month. And then two council set one work session. And then a meeting on the 28th, I believe is the last one. Oh, is it? Yeah. You're right. Because uh, the city council meeting was today. Was it not? Right. But they yeah. were not bringing any soccer up at this. Meeting. Correct. There you go. I forget so, what day of the week it is. Yeah. Right there with you, man. I don't have the schedule pulled up in front of me. Um, so pretty much two more opportunities to get anything done before Austin city council goes on break for the entirety of July. Um, it, it seems like that would be a tough ask to get anything set in stone and anything moving, especially if multiple city council members want to hear those other proposals and right. dig into those other proposals. So I don't think we hear anything mccalla wise uh until at least august as well mm -hmm. so, here we are well let's keep moving along here yeah so um hitting these real quick because we're we're running out of time thanks to my ranting sorry about that man it's been <laughs> a while since i've <laughs> i helped too don't worry um, San Diego's MLS bid is picking back up according to the San Diego Chronicle. Um, you can check out their article on that at sdchronicle.org. Um, but the headline is Soccer City San Diego relaunches with new definition. Um, so they are pulling some new initiatives and, uh, you know, still still have a uh, Landon Donovan behind him. And I'm sure that's a market that MLS would love to be in a uh, very soccer rich market, very yep. rich market in a lot of cases. So I uh, could definitely see them wanting to get there. Definitely something to pay attention to because uh, if San Antonio gets back in the expansion race or if Austin enters the expansion race, San Diego is going to be tough to beat. And yep. you're looking at two spots in the West. I would think San Diego would have one and the other would, you know, Phoenix is definitely in the running. Um, They're a contender. Yeah. And then you've got San Antonio, Austin, whoever else pops up. Um, and then <laughs> we don't like to, to kick teams while they're down too often, but we're going to do that right here with Houston Dynamo. Um, <laughs> shout out to uh, Texas Soccer Journal for putting this out there, but um, Houston Dynamo have a page up on their website, HoustonDynamo.com slash Jersey Partnership, where they are they are openly pitching a Jersey Partnership deal um, to any of the multiple businesses in Houston with a lot of money. Uh, not a great look for Houston. Not a great look for MLS. Um, it's kind of hard to justify hundreds of millions of dollars in expansion fees when you can't get a damn Jersey deal for your team in Houston, Texas. That's one of the biggest sports markets in the country and you can't get a Jersey deal. What are you doing? You're moving the team to San Antonio. And. <laughs> <laughs> I know that the five Houston fans would be super upset about that, but like, honestly, what is, I understand FC Dallas having issues being in Fresno, but you, like, you get, you, you get what you put into it. And they're the team at the bottom of the ladder when it comes to spending on their team. How are you supposed to, supposed to lure, you know, big time investors into the team when uh, you're not spending on your players and, 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 putting results yeah. on the field so yeah i don't know i don't know you brought up earlier texas soccer radio pitching in 40 bucks and uh <laughs> buying our spot on that front of that jersey i'm gonna go with a hard no unless that team is located in san antonio but uh i don't know that I we're our 20 dollars back like <laughs> and sam says that's not on mls i disagree man like 
you look at the advertisement that the NFL or NBA or any, yeah, Sam says it's on the Dynamo front office. You look at the league-wide advertising that any other league does to get their teams up front. Um, you look at the market deals that I guess that is on the front office of Houston is the, the TV deals. But as a league, you have to raise your whole level um, to the point where you can at least get a damn Jersey sponsorship. That's worth a top tier team. Um, that's embarrassing. Like It's embarrassing to the league. Uh, they should be doing better, especially if it's single entity ownership and all that. So um, what do you think the asking price is? Like, what do you think they're looking for? I mean, I'm sure it's expensive. I'm sure it's market value, if not a little discounted. Like, they're not going to just take, uh, you know, Joe's Surf Shack down in Galveston and put them on the shirt. But I don't know, man. I would, I would love to hear a number. I would love to see a number. But I, I do pin that up. I know Sam says MLS doesn't sell the front of jerseys. Uh, Roger says he'll throw in a 20 spot. Um, yeah, I know, I know MLS is not the ones that are actively selling those advertising spots, but they need to push the league as something of value beyond expansion fees, which they're not doing right now. Um, right now, and Sam says MLS sells league deals, teams make money from those. Absolutely. I'm not saying that they should go out and make the deals themselves, but right now the main value of MLS is expansion fees. And that's a problem. Like their attendance is solid. Um, their TV numbers suck. Um, and the main source of revenue in a lot of ways is still expansion fees. And that's not sustainable in any means. Um, so I think MLS needs to do better to uh, value their brand a little better. Um, benefit doesn't have to be local. Sam says, uh, have training top sponsor, but not front of Jersey. Yeah. I get it, man. Like, I get that MLS should not be the one making those deals. I agree. Houston needs to step up and get that done. But can you imagine, like, if if Jerry Jones, for example, had a hard time selling Cowboys Stadium originally before it was AT&T Stadium? Can you imagine if that went, you know, multiple years or, or you know, wasn't happening at all? I'm sure the NFL would make some calls or – you know, push it and push its value somehow, right? It's so I went ahead and I pulled a, a quick Google Fortune 500 companies in Houston, headquartered in Houston. There are 25 of them, and just browse. Phillips 66 is the number four spot on there. Um, but I, in all these, I'd say 90% of these names on here are energy companies of yeah. some sort, oil and gas. Yeah. I think they should go with the number 200 on the Fortune 500 companies list, which is Waste Management Incorporated. <laughs> I mean, Waste Management's higher up the list than Energy Energy. And they sponsored the, the, the football stadium out there. So, I mean... I definitely thought you said Energy Energy. That's like, literally how their company's listed. It's NRG. Yeah, en yeah. Energy Energy. <laughs> Um, Sam says MLS will start making money on transfer money and that will be large league wow. revenue service for MLS and teams. World Cup coming to US makes value of MLS franchises even higher. Phillips 66 is the training top sponsor. That's what I, Sam just said. Yeah. Um, Waste Management Incorporated. Go for it, Dynamo. I mean, they're a valuable company. They're, they're trash, but they're, they're valuable. Um, <laughs> like this podcast, other than the value, <laughs> just trash. Um, yeah, I I get it. Like, I get that there's a lot of potential revenue coming for MLS and a lot of ways that they could make money in the future. But right now, they're not a valuable league, relatively speaking. And uh, that's evident with the front of Houston's jersey, in my opinion. I don't want to, I feel like I'm talking in circles. I just think that the league <laughs> do a better job of marketing themselves. And, um, you know, man, I've been negative on MLS. I am not getting that media credential when uh, MLS comes to South Texas. So eh, we'll, we'll see about that. Whatever. We'll give it a shot anyways. <laughs> um, so before we wrap this up, let's talk about World Cup. 
Oh yeah, that thing. Two things with World Cup because I I want to know, I want to know who you've got winning the World Cup this year. We're one game in. Is Russia going all the way? Yeah. What's happening over there? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> They're gonna just five zero their way all the way to the finals. Um, I uh, I'm pulling up my bracket right here. We'll list the whole brackets maybe on our Twitter account at TX Soccer Radio if you're up for that. But yeah, I don't want to go through the whole bracket, but I, at least. What's your final four teams? Final four, I have. Uh, where is it? Where did my bracket go? So I have um, France and Belgium on one side, and Argentina and Germany on the other. Um, and then I have Germany beating France in the the final game. Germany being the champion. Okay, so I've got Portugal and Germany on one side. And here's the big one, the little country that could, Iceland in England on the other side. <laughs> uh, I couldn't disagree more. Iceland I respect you swinging for the <laughs> Iceland's going to make it to the final against Portugal, and then you don't, you don't go against Ronaldo, so Portugal takes the whole thing. I, I would love to be wrong. I would love to see some batshit crazy stuff happen in this tournament um i've got iceland beating france in the round of 16 like that's that's where it's going down man i just don't see it man i don't see it i think spain is gonna get knocked out earlier than they would have if they wouldn't have just fired their head coach but um man i would love to be wrong (laughs) so so the way i've got it breaking down here iceland's gonna take out france spain and england to make it all the way to the final I know it's crazy. You never know. Everybody I talk to has got Germany winning it, or you know Germany in the final. And yeah, Germany and France, lots of that. I'm I'm going somewhere different this year. <laughs> hey, I don't blame you, man. Be different. You let your flag fly, but uh, <laughs> mine is uh, a German flag. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, as I'm wearing an England shirt right now, but um, with your very German last name. With my very German last name. Yeah, I. I think I've said this before. My entire family's from England except one guy, and his was the last name that kept getting through. So tenacious, those Germans, apparently. So the is any indication. (laughs) (laughs) So the other half of this, now that we've cleared that up, is World Cup 2026. Yeah. The US, Canada, Mexico joint bid won with 67% of the vote. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Um, I'm excited as you can be for something that's eight years away. Um, I, I think it'd be really cool. I'm going to go ahead and put, uh, a few dollars away every paycheck from now till then to, uh, be able to afford to go to it. So we can uh, go to one game for $400 per ticket. Yeah. If we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what the bid actually, like the bid actually proposed with ticket prices is that it'd be like $400 and up per ticket. And that's so, on the primary market. Like, you know, those tickets are going to sell like that. And then you're dropping six or $800 for, yeah. oh my God. I've already con- conceded that I'm probably not going to be watching a U.S. men's national team match. It's going to be somebody else. <laughs> I'm going to go see that Russia and Saudi Arabia game is what I'm going to go see. <laughs> I was just going to say, can you imagine paying $400 to watch Russia and Saudi Arabia kick the shit out of each other for 90 minutes? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what we're going to end up doing here. And that'll be the expanded field too. So this will be like a mid-level game. Like Russia will be right in the middle of the pack as opposed to the dead bottom. Oh uh, God. So, oh, so it's going to be even worse. We're going to be playing like Trinidad and Tobago, right? I mean, they're better than the U.S. So, uh, Whatever. Congratulations. We won the bid. We got the World Cup coming in eight years. Yeah. Get ready, I, folks. Save your pennies. I'm a little cynical, but I shouldn't be. I'm I'm excited deep down, and I need to stop being such a pessimist. But well, most likely we'll be going to see games if we stay in. If, if we're still living here in San Antonio and yeah. surrounding areas, we'll most likely be seeing games in Houston or Dallas. They still have to narrow down the final list of cities where games are going to be taking place. A few they got to cut a few more off the list. Yeah. Um. So we'll see if one or both of those cities make the cut. I'm assuming at least one of them will. I would think, especially Dallas. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Well, Dallas um, proposed three venues <laughs> in this round of bidding for, for World Cup hosting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Jerry's World will have a game. 
eight years from now, Jerry World isn't going to be as shiny as it is now. It's already a little outdated-ish. Well, maybe we'll see. Well, maybe in eight years' time, they'll have done another renovation on yeah, it. Right. At that point. Stadium by then. Um, the last thing was super minor, and I just want to mention it really quick, but FIFA is overhauling their FIFA ranking system officially, which needed to be done a million years ago. So they're going by uh, an ELO-based rating as opposed to pure wins, losses, draws, uh, and all that. So uh, basically teams can't be um, uh, rewarded for not playing anymore. <laughs> which No more skipping friendlies? Before. Yeah, skipping <laughs> friendlies helped you before, and now this should be a more accurate rating going by the ELO system. So that'll be cool. But um, I want to hit the rest of these Periscope comments real quick um sam and cheese don't know what team jersey deals are even in usl just because a team has one doesn't mean they're getting what it's worth um i'd rather not undersell myself even for a year that makes sense i'm sure that's what houston's doing um is just trying to get as much value as they can for it um i just think it's embarrassing that it got to that point for mls um <laughs> raj says i thought you were going to talk about tulsa when you said kicking when you're down kicking teams when you're down oh. um he says he has alabama in the world cup i submitted spain and five minutes later the news broke about the coach <laughs> <laughs> and he said raj says he'll go to tailgate at the united 2026 uh world cup that would be pretty fun i bet it's gonna be uh, infinitely more affordable yeah yeah i don't know man parking at jerry world is like a hundred bucks right now for a regular season uh yeah regular season nfl game so i don't know if i can even afford to park man <laughs> no we're gonna have to carpool we'll have to get like four of us together and oh, pay 25 dollars each and go stand outside i wonder how much those tickets to stand outside and watch on that screen will be <laughs> staying home eight years from now <laughs> i'm just staying home <laughs> Anyway, we ran way over time tonight. Thank you, everyone who hung out. Thank you, Roger and Sam, for chiming in on Periscope. And for everyone who chimed in on Twitter, you can get at us at TX Soccer Radio any time of the week, but especially within the few hours before we go live on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Um, thank you to um, Beautiful Game Network for helping us do what we do and uh, supporting us at all turns despite our best efforts. Um, and thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll see. I'll see you at the watch party on Friday afternoon if you're going to be there, hopefully, if all things work out. So, anyway, we'll catch you later. Thanks. Thanks. I said thanks. That's cool. Have a good week. <laughs>